Hello and welcome to Latino Corazon. My name is Marina Castillo and I'd like to share a little bit about myself. I was born in Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. Uh, my parents came to Tijuana. They are originally from La Magdalena, Michoacán, Mexico, us in central Mexico. They came to Tijuana uh, during the Bracero era when the U.S. was recruiting braceros to come work in the fields of California. They needed laborers, which is what bracero means, a manual laborer. And my dad signed himself up and he was off to California. My mom stayed in Tijuana. Back then it was easier to immigrate, so she stayed back to begin that process. And in the process, she had three of us. My brother, the oldest, myself being the second, and I have a younger sister. So three of us were born in Tijuana um, while my mom was immigrating. And then, of course, she had to immigrate us as well. So we came over uh, when we immigrated with our little green card. And I'm not sure whatever happened to them. Well, actually, I think you have to turn it in when you become a citizen. And when I was 18, I went to L.A., to be sworn in to become a citizen but that's another podcast so my dad came to the U.S. he would visit my mom on the weekends and not sure how often I'll have to ask her when I go home but um, fast forward to we are living in California when we immigrated we stayed with my grandmother she had a house in the back that we stayed in and by the time we lived in, uh, by the time my dad bought us a house, uh, now there were six of us, and we moved into our new house and in Home Gardens, which is a neighboring town of Corona, Corona, which is where we ended up living. Is Corona, Circle City, Crown Town, como le dicen, that's what they call it. And um, Home Gardens was predominantly white. Okay, everyone was white except our family. That's what it felt like. Um, on our block, they were all blonde hair, blue eyed kids. And then there was our large family, six of us, uh, Mexican kids. And most of our neighbors, they all hung out at our house. I remember our house was just packed with kids, uh, running around outside. Um, I still have some of those friends on Facebook and our parents didn't let us go beyond the gates. And that's, uh, that's a huge issue, or not issue, but thing, conversations I've had with kids, even currently, you know, when you ask them, um, do you have friends, do you, where do you go, what do you do, they'll say, I already know the answer, <laughs> because our Latino parents don't let us outside of their sight. So a lot of, we, we hung out a lot in the summers in our yard with a lot of little white kids, and my dad built us at one of those doughboy swimming pools in the back kind of small but we enjoyed it and so the kids would come over and we'd all swim and ride our bikes around our yard and um, that was very fun a lot of my little white friends would or would help me say things correctly I still remember uh, saying he has my bike and my friend would say he's a he not a she <laughs> so I would get my he's and she's confused apparently I got it eventually 
and um, I went to the Corona Narco Unified School District, Home Gardens Elementary, Auburndale, Auburndale Junior High and Narco. They, they bust us from El Cerrito, uh, Corona, Home Gardens. Not sure why we didn't go to schools in, home, in Corona, but they had to split us up somehow. So again, I go to Auburndale Junior High and it's in its Norco area. They call that goat roping country, horse country. A lot of white kids, more white kids, but it was a lot more mixed because they were busing us from different areas. So it was nice that there were a lot of, a lot more Latinos. I should say Mexican, to be honest, because I didn't grow up seeing any African American. I didn't grow up seeing any Asian, um, Ecuadorian, Salvadoreños, Hondureños. It was all pretty much, or all Mexicanos. I didn't know what these other cultures were until I got much older. We were very, I don't know, Corona was very, it was in the valley. Corona's in the valley. It's approximately an hour from L.A. Uh, on a good day. And so I did not attend. Well, I did attend Corona High School for an, an one year. And then I transferred over to Buena Vista, which is where Chiquis went to school. She graduated from Buena Vista. Jenny Rivera's daughter and Buena Vista was awesome but that's another I mean I'm going to be doing a series of series of podcasts one of them will be on education while where I'll interview people and their experience their first experience in the schools being having Spanish as their first language and then having to enter a school system well you have to learn English right and uh, very traumatic stories. I have my story to share with you at a later time. So, uh, River, uh, Corona School District, Buena Vista, then on to college. I knew I had to go to college. I knew it was something I was supposed to do, but I didn't know why. Which is why I want to do that education series, because now knowing what I know, and I, I'm asked often on radio stations over the years to help the Latino community and, and be a resource because I've been an advisor, a counselor, and know the ins and outs of uh, post-secondary and how to help students access scholarships and funding. The money's out there, amigos. The money's out there. You just have to know how to access it. And there's a lot of things that you can do to get ahead of the game early on um, to help you in college so you don't have to get huge loans etc but again that's not in the uh, that'll be in the education series of my podcast um, I went to I attended many colleges and universities and which is why you know a lot of people that know me in the community here in St. Paul know know my background and which is why I'm on sometimes on radio stations but over the years, I felt like I wanted a place to put all of this information so that if a parent asks me for advice on, you know, their kid going to college or mental health, whatever the case, that I love the idea of a podcast that I can say, well, go to podcast number five, episode, whatever, and get all the information that you need. Because once when I'm on the radio, 
they can't go back to that and and listen to it. I mean, I guess they can if the radio station is putting it on podcast. But it's a great way to get the information out, be a resource, help my community. Um, because oftentimes I get called and it's just, there's only one Marina, Marina. But a podcast is there for life. And so it's kind of nice that they can access that. Um, I've traveled a lot over the years. I ended up, after I got married, at a very young age, I moved to Prescott, Arizona, and then back to California, and then North Dakota, and then eventually in Minnesota. So I landed here in Minnesota um, because the ex was from Minnesota. And when I arrived here, I was interviewing at the University of Minnesota and Carleton University. And when I was in at the U, uh, the guy there says, you know, have you been to the West Side? I'm like, no, what's in the, on the West Side? And he says, well, we just got, we just got an email and their look, their Guadalupe area project is looking for a counselor slash educator. And I thought, what's a Guadalupe area project? And he says, go check it out. It's on the west side. So I did. I had my resume with me. I thought, why not? doesn't hurt. And I came to the west side and it was like, oh, the seas parted. The skies opened up. I saw Mexicanos <laughs> for the first time in quite a few years. Because living in North Dakota, if you know North Dakota, well, now there's a lot more Mexicanos. But back then, there's no Mexicanos. And here in, in uh Minnesota, living in International Falls, you know, borders the Canadian border. No Mexicanos. You see a lot of bears on the street, literally on the street, but you don't see Mexicanos. And so coming to the Twin Cities and finding the West Side, I'm like, wow, there's Mexicanos in Minnesota. This was so exciting to me. So I interviewed at Carleton and Guadalupe Area Project at the time. Now it's Guadalupe Alternative Programs. But I interviewed there, and she hired me on the spot, but I had a decision to make because I thought, okay, Carleton is such a prestigious school. A counseling position with TRIO would be amazing, and I'll tell you guys about TRIO later. It's such an amazing program that helps us, helps students when they're in college. But I, I thought kind of, you know, I went to a local market and walked in, and they were playing Vicente Fernandez, and they had Abuelita Chocolate on the shelf, and everything said Mexicanos and I I felt like I was home so I thought uh, you know Carlton I'm sorry I have to be here with my community and my people so I accepted the job and and many years later I'm still here I love Minnesota it's so green it's so beautiful the winters are very very harsh um, but that's where my art comes in and along with being a mental health therapist and uh, educator licensed social worker my biggest passion all that doesn't define me I mean I love helping people that's my biggest thing that I really appreciate is not the not the degrees or the certificates the diplomas the whatever's they they provide me with credibility but I'm a healer in the end I feel like I'm a healer and that I will take and I will accept. 
um, many, it took many years to say, yes, I'm a healer, because I felt like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's a big hat to wear, if you will, and because the people that I know are healers that I look up to, I mean, I felt like I wasn't worthy, but now I accept it, I, I am a healer, I'm a life coach, very proud to say I'm a life coach, I help Latina women in many ways, and another, that's another series, so I'm a, one of the other things I'm very passionate about, and I will accept, is that I am a local artist, I exhibit all over the Twin Cities, if you google Marina Castillo Art, or Marina Castillo Photography, I'm 25 pages deep on Google. I'm very proud of it because it's a God-given gift. It's something I didn't, I never stepped foot in an art class. It's nothing that I studied. I can sketch you like you're sitting in front of me. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's a God-given gift, a talent. I create art and now it, it's, it, it's evolved and now it's more about my culture, you know, my cultura, my people. And it tells stories about, you know, growing up in my Mexican culture. And there's a pride when I'm doing my art. It's also spiritual and healing. And I put a lot of energy and intention in my art so that it finds its way, hopefully, to somebody that needs the healing. I love stones. I love the energy that stones provide. They come from our Mother Earth. And... That's so important to me um, that we use those things that are here that were given to us to heal ourselves, heal others, you know, the the plants. The, there's so much energy and everything, but we'll talk about that. Uh, my spirituality grows daily and my connected, my intuition grows. And I want to teach you how to hone in on that and how to use it to help yourself and others around you if you're interested. Uh, it's there's so much to talk about and I hope to share with you those immigration stories from the people that have shared them with me that's a book in the making my life coaching experience my um, my red flags book <laughs> banderas coloradas in working with Latina women and all their stories they shared uh, I was in the process of of uh, creating this red flags like things to you want to find a partner it's really not very difficult I know there's a lot of people out there that have a difficult difficult time but if you look for those red flags they're there the guys the women they sh they wave them at you but you don't you know a lot of times we don't pay attention because we're so gaga over the fact that somebody's paying attention to us but the flags are there and I would love to teach you those those red flags and you have red flags, too, that you put out that you're unaware of and um, what to look for, what to do to find that partner that is waiting for you. Um, so there's so much to talk about. I'm so excited about this podcast. I can't even tell you how much I'm excited about this. And the, the Corazón, I knew that I wanted it, my podcast to have the name Latino or Latinos, I knew that I wanted to incorporate a heart in there somewhere because those hearts, those of you that know me and you'll see my art, those hearts find me. They find me in a puddle. They find me in a cloud, uh, in the form of a cloud. Um, those hearts find me. And, and what I've discovered is that 
it's a message to me to always use my heart and and use this powerful gift of sharing love um, because when you do that the walls come down you find there's a peace and and we'll talk about that too the anger that that eats away at you and love above all else i always say love above all else even when you get mad you get angry find a way to your heart find a way to use that heart and you'll see that it just things just dissipate those icky feelings they just dissipate and that sacred heart that we all have that sacred heart that we uh, should be living by is there you just have to find it or it's there you have it so thank you for listening and I'm very excited to get started and listen to this to podcast number one. It's going to be a podcast number one is from the heart, from the soul. And it's not something to take lightly. And it's in our, it's what's happening today. And I look forward to it. Muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much. And also, this will be a bilingual podcast, so everything I say in English, I will be repeating in Spanish so that my Spanish listeners will be able to hear it in Spanish as well. So you can tune in to podcast number one in English and podcast number 1A in Spanish. Thank you so much. Talk or and welcome to Latino Corazón. This is Marina Castillo. Thank you.